0: After an accident, minutes matter. Your words and actions matter even more. You need help, and you need it now. This is David vs. Goliath, brought to you by Dolman Law Group Accident Injury Lawyers, a boutique firm with a reputation for going head-to-head with the insurance company giants and putting people over profits.
1: Welcome to another episode of the David versus Goliath podcast my name is Matthew Dolman. I'm a civil trial lawyer down in uh, Clearwater, Florida. I'm here with my partner in crime, Stan Guy. Stan?
2: Hey, nice to talk to you guys today. Um, today, I think we're going to discuss a topic that I really feel a little passionate about, mm-hmm. and it's it's police reports, essentially, and what they are. What's their role in the case? You know, What can you do when the police report is wrong? And, and really, what is a police report?
1: Yeah, and also touch on... If the police report says that you may be at fault, does it necessarily mean you're at fault? And what are the ways around that?
2: Number one, okay, you got to realize what courts do, okay? And the way courts do things is courts are based on factual testimony. I want to know the facts, okay? If you're an expert, you can come in and give an opinion about the facts, all right? But here's what you got to realize. 95% of police reports are written by police officers who did not see the accident. So when they come up to write the report, the report is this, their opinion about what they think happened when they spoke to the people who actually saw the accident. Mm -hmm. So it's an opinion. okay? most of the time, these officers are not trained accident investigators. There's no expertise to their opinion. They're just talking to people and say, you know, two of the witnesses said person A ran the red light. So I'm writing person A a ticket. Well, if you're person A in that situation, that doesn't necessarily mean those two witnesses were correct. 100%. Okay. The police officer has showed up and written his opinion. Okay. His opinion is wholly inadmissible. Correct. When we go to court, you know this, it's like one of the golden
1: rules. Yes, yeah, Consider hearsay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No juror will ever know that you got a ticket in the accident mm-hmm. because that's not relevant. What is relevant is what those witnesses said to the police officer to make him write that ticket.
1: Correct. And the likelihood that police officer will have a full recollection of what was said and took detailed notes to actually testify at trial is between slim and none. When that case is going to go to trial two, three years later.
2: And the real question is, it's not what did the police officer think when he spoke to those witnesses? It's what will the jury think when they hear from those witnesses? Okay, and if the jury comes to a different conclusion than the police officer, let me tell you, the jury is never wrong, okay? They're like your parents when you are five. They are the final decision maker. Whether they actually got it right or actually got it wrong, they got it right because it is the final decision. So the police officer does not decide who's at fault in a case.
1: So take me through the scenario. We see it all the time. Client A comes to us. They're in an accident with a... Individual B, and they're you know the police officers listed them first on the police report, which generally tells us they're at fault. But list them as at fault. We can just say it out loud. And they were cited for any number of uh, traffic offenses. Yeah. Okay. We can take it even a step further. How do you represent that client? What do you do?
2: Well, you represent that client. Bottom line is just like any other client. Okay. You talk mm-hmm. to the witnesses, and it's not you ran the red light. It is you know person A and B are saying you ran the red light. Okay. What's person C say? What do the facts say? How credible are person A and B? Okay. Uh, And I don't, I'm not trying to disparage police officers. I, I think police officers are fine. I support the police got nothing against them. Okay. But police officers are just like you and I. Sure. Okay. Police officers get motivated by all kinds of different things. Okay. You may have a police officer who's new to the force, 32 years old, and there is a beautiful 23-year-old girl that's at fault in an accident. hmm Okay? Uh-huh. And because he is so enamored with her, the other person gets the ticket. Yeah? yeah. That can happen. They're, they are people. They are
1: swayed. Or making decisions based on racial reasons, which happens more often than you would even imagine.
2: Swayed by anything. They're just people. So, you know, the police report is certainly one person's opinion about what happened, but- people tend to give it a false authority. People Mm -hmm. tend to to pretend like the police report is the final definitive say on what happened and who was at fault.
1: 100%, we're on the same page.
2: Okay, the only real caveat to that, Matt, and you see this too, is we sometimes get what's known as a MATE report, M-A-I-T, and that's what they call the Major Accident Investigation Team, okay? And those reports typically involve a ton of factual findings where an officer will go out do measurements on skid marks distances things like that well those are factual observations the officer's made mm-hmm. so that all comes in okay these are facts that they saw we can ask hey what did you see when you arrived to the accident here's something else most people don't know if you even if you as the person involved in an accident let's say a guy who who rear-ended you Tells the police officer, oh, yeah, man, I hit her. I was looking at my phone. It's my fault, right? You know, he can deny saying that later, and what he said to the police officer never, ever, ever comes in. It's privileged, okay? And the, yep. and you know this, and the, the reason it's privileged in the state of Florida is at, if you're involved in an auto accident, you've got an obligation to cooperate with the police. You've got an obligation to tell them your version of events. The reciprocal... Benefit is that they want you to be honest. So they don't want your words to be used against you later or you to be reluctant to speak to the police officer because you're worried your words will be used against you. So that's why it's all privileged. And what's in the officer's report will never, ever, ever come into a jury.
1: Yeah. So that's why too many individuals out there who are scared off of uh, pursuing a case, pursuing a potentially fruitful case and fruitful recovery in the case. And obtaining proper medical treatment, they will not go forward on, on, an, on a potential claim just based on the fact that the police report found to be either at fault or partially at fault. And let's discuss also, while we have you here, Stan, what happens if you're partially at fault? How does that work in terms of liability in Florida? What is comparative? That's
2: exactly what was going through my head when you were talking. Too many people come into the office with the thought of fault is like a light switch. It's either on or off. It's either him or her. Okay, it's either me or them. And that's not necessarily the case. On a jury verdict form, it's percentages. Okay, yep. it can be 50-50, 90-10, 80-20. It can be any split you want. So someone may get a ticket for, and be more at fault in an accident. The other person can also be partially at fault. And when we're dealing with accidents with catastrophic injuries, when you're talking about amputations, paralysis, these kind of really catastrophic brain injuries, stuff like that, even minimal fault on someone's behalf can lead to real large recoveries because the damages are so big.
1: And we see it all the time. I'll even take a step back and saying not necessarily catastrophic, but serious enough injuries where a client has spine surgery. And the case is worth on normal day, probably in the five to $600,000 range, but there's only a $250,000 policy. Well, if you could show that it's a 50-50 split in liability, if we can show the case worth more than five hundred thousand dollars, we get to two fifty.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And it's happened more often than I can even tell you. I mean, we probably I've probably dealt with a good three to four hundred cases of split liability in my career thus far.
2: Matt, I can tell you, okay, without violating confidences, because this was a confidential settlement. I got you know more than half a million dollars for a client who was discharged by a prior attorney that said there was no liability on behalf of the defendant. Mm-hmm. Nothing that can do for you. No liability on behalf of the defendant. You know, half a million dollars later, my client was exceptionally happy.
1: Of course. And if they would have just uh, believed that it was the death knell that they, you know, they were found at fault on police report or listed as potentially being liable on police report, they never would have had that opportunity. They never would have the opportunity to uh, treat medically and have someone else pay for it.
2: That's what they thought. They didn't reach out to call another attorney. This This guy actually did some was a lawn man for a a doctor, right? And he was talking to the doctor about how the attorney had told him there was nothing he could do and all this stuff. That doctor gave him my information. Uh, So he had been discharged like a year before he came to us. Uh, We revived the claim and got him a great settlement.
1: Kudos. I mean, I I could tell numerous stories that are similar, maybe not as good. (laughs) I've had a couple that are above 500,000, but usually they're below but we've had in terms of split recoveries in terms of where my client has a good portion of liability.
2: Yeah. So I'm telling you, okay, never take, well, I don't want to say never take your attorney's word for it. Never just take, because your attorney tells you something, think you can't go get a second opinion.
1: Well, especially if it's uh dispositive of the case, if they're going to tell you that you don't have a case, you owe it to yourself to get a second or third opinion. Now, if your client, if your attorney says, yeah, I think you're partially at fault in this case. I'm not necessarily telling you to go find another lawyer. You might want to get another opinion, but if it's dispositive, meaning it's the end of the case, and they tell you it's done, there's no liability to be found on part of the defendant, you're completely at fault, you're screwed, you get on the phone, call another lawyer, find somebody competent in that jurisdiction, especially a trial attorney, somebody who's has taken cases before juries on split liability issues, and we're happy to discuss that type of case with you, and so do other lawyers.
2: Yeah, never think that you're wasting our time by calling, Okay. We would rather wade through every case, talk to people, make sure they understand what's going on, understand the moving parts and implications, and that way you don't miss anything.
1: Exactly. Any other issues you want to cover?
2: You know, no, other than just to make sure people realize, police officer, okay, if he's coming in at the trial, let's just say what he saw when he showed up at the scene. What was said to him is never coming in, okay? And when you say the police report is wrong, yeah, a lot of times the police report is wrong. They get it wrong. So never rely on that. Never be stuck to that. Never let that be kind of the be-all and end-all with what you do. If you feel like someone else was at fault in the claim and it's just not reflected on the police report, keep pushing. Keep calling. Reach out to an attorney. That'll help you.
1: 100%, remember, especially a typical uh, auto action, your typical fender bender, um, it's nothing that's out of the ordinary. There's no egregious injuries. They, the officer is more likely to rush through the report. They want to get done and move on to the next one. Okay. It's not, there wasn't, there weren't major injuries. There's nothing really that's going to hold that officer to making sure that everything is 100% accurate. And that's not taking a shot at them. There's many great officers out there, but they're on to the next police report, the next incident that they have to address and take care of. And the only person that gets hurt is you. You know, that's why you need, you owe it to yourself to call a lawyer, uh, someone who's competent. And it's like Stan and I, that we've done plenty of cases. And what we often do in these cases, we hire accident reconstructionists, experts who are going to take us back through the scene of the accident, look at the force that was applied in the collision, and kind of do a reenactment of the accident to display who was liable and why.
2: Yeah, we do that honestly more often than not in these disputed liability cases. Uh, and, and you'd be surprised how accurate these uh, accident reconstructionists can be getting into the stuff and how much information they can get about an accident by looking at the cars afterwards.
1: Yeah, I mean, keep in mind that lawyers who approach cases with a shoestring budget get shoestring results. If you're willing to spend money on the case and hire the right experts, it can make all the world a difference. Correct, Stan?
2: That is the difference. Because understand, and people, no matter what the case is, no matter what the fact is, we got to have someone that can say it to a jury. Exactly. Okay, if you've got an injury from an accident, you know it, but it requires expert testimony. Okay, well, that expert testimony isn't cheap. We're going to have to pay five, ten thousand dollars 10000 to bring these guys into court. And if they're not in court to say it, it didn't happen. So that's what the, the real thing is. If you don't have someone hiring a life care planner, well, you don't have a life care plan. Yep. You know, If you don't have someone hiring the experts, you don't have the expert testimony. And a lot of times that's what it takes to drive the verdict and get fair value on the claim.
1: Yeah, it's not just important to find a lawyer who's experienced and has litigated cases and has tried cases before juries. You have to have a lawyer that actually has the financial law firm that has a financial resource that's committed to spending that money to ensure that we obtain justice on your behalf.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you could have said it better.
1: Well, I appreciate you, Stan, for coming out for another episode of the David vs. Goliath podcast. Um, I wish our audience a blessed and great day, and thank you very much.
2: Yeah, and always, if you ever need any information about any kind of injury issue any kind of accident claim or anything in general related to our practice of law, you can hit our website at dolmanlaw.com. It is one of the most robust sources of legal information on the internet. I say that I'm not like being facetious. We really do have like the second largest personal injury website in the nation and can answer almost any question you have right there on the internet.
1: Yep. It's D like and David O L M A N L A W dot com. Viewing our website does not constitute an attorney-client relationship, nor does it give actual legal advice. You should obviously consult with a lawyer, but it will give you a little framework for you to shape some of your ideas and decisions going forward. And you can always reach us at 833-55-CRASH. Have a great day.
2: Yeah, have a great day, guys. Always a pleasure being out here.
0: Thank you. This episode of David versus Goliath is over, but your journey is just getting started. To share your story with us, visit DolmanLaw.com, that's D-O-L-M-A-N-Law.com, or call 866-965-6242. The insights and views presented in David vs. Goliath are for general information purposes only,